Welcome to The Gods We Belong To, an urban fantasy noir podcast. The Gods We Belong To tells one continuous story in order, and it's important to start at the beginning. So, first timers, it's back to episode one for you. Now, my faithful friends, take a beat, take a breath, and let's check in with Alex. Chapter 13 What? I query Arissa from the passenger seat of her car. I don't know, she shrugs. I I just didn't take you for a brunch kind of guy. Seems a little frou-frou for you, Mr. Hardboiled Detective. Come on, what's not to like about breakfast food and alcohol? She laughs. Fair point, I, I just mean, you don't act like someone who grew up with brunch. You might not think it to look at me, but my parents, my adoptive parents, well, money wasn't an issue. So then, what the fuck happened to me? I finish the question she's too kind to ask. I guess nature just beat the hell out of nurture. Too much Odin and Loki in my blood. But back before I knew any of that, I just thought I was broken. Made wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what they thought. Mr. and Mrs. Cassander, that is. Still, for an orphan kid like me, it could have been way worse. Hmm. Detective Mars cocks her head, narrows her eyes, then slowly starts to smile. Could it? Meaning what, exactly, I counter. Well, for starters, you've got not one, but two gods in your bloodline. Truth is, there aren't a whole lot of orphaned kids like you. Yeah, she's got me there. And I'm willing to bet, Erissa continues, that one of those gods played no small part in said orphaned kid ending up in a wealthy and stable, if not loving, home. Well, shit. Here I am calling myself a detective, and yet somehow that thought had never occurred to me before. Has Odin always been there? Watching over me from the shadows? And what about Loki? Wow, I mean... Mind blown? She smiles. Little bit. I had no such luck with my divine dick of a dad. She raises an eyebrow to punctuate her point. Just saying. What about when you were a kid? She cocks her head quizzically. Did you feel different? I clarify. Out of place? You haven't said much about your life before Ares barged into it. I was bottling a lot of shit up, she begins after a long pause. Especially in the beginning. I I had no idea, obviously. I mean, I I was a kid. Not exactly brimming with self-awareness, but it was all in there. All that God-given fury, and every now and then it showed. Apparently I could get violent, like shockingly violent for a child. 
If I lost a board game, I threw furniture. One time I went after my best friend with a garden tool. No idea why. But somewhere along the way, I blocked all that out. Until Ares. Meeting him just opened the damn floodgates. We drive for a few minutes in silence, and before I know it, we're back at that now-familiar diner. Erissa's standing next to the car, impatiently glaring as I raise a just-a-sec index finger and furiously inhale the last half of a joint. I didn't pack nearly enough for a meeting with Zeus and company, but it'll have to do. I open the door, releasing a wave of smoke. Arissa scowls, rolls her eyes, and leads the way. This time the whole clan is ready and waiting in Hermes' corner booth. Zeus sits in the middle of the throng, holding court, with Hera, Ares, and Hephaestus on one side, Hermes, Artemis, and Athena on the other. And there, right next to the preening patriarch, sits Apollo. He's grinning widely, shoveling something into his mouth with a piece of pita. To look at him, you'd never know he'd been in jail only yesterday, never mind the horrific scene that put him there. He seems utterly carefree. Hermes is the first to spot us. He nods and waves us over. Halfway to the table, Zeus also perks up to our presence. Albert! He roars jovially. Join us! Yeah, Albert. Arissa elbows me in the ribs. Pull up some chairs. It's Alex, father. Hermes gently corrects. Alice? Funny name for a man. It suits it. Then he turns back to me. Alice, join us. I hear you have news. Yes, do tell, Apollo adds. Whatever have you intrepid investigators dug up? Quite a bit, Arissa fires back, and with precious little help from you. Apollo winces and just glares at her. Seems you two are quite the team. Hermes breaks the tension. Now come, spill the tea. I commandeer two chairs and we settle in across from the world's most fucked up family. Sure, I shrug, filling a plate with a combination of Mediterranean delicacies and traditional brunch goodies. No point burying the lead. Arissa nods. It's Loki. The murders, well, I look at Zeus. Most of them. But why? Zeus inquires, completely glossing over my jab at his own clumsy foray into performative homicide. What does Loki have against my family? Your family? I stammer in disbelief. Do you really believe this is somehow about you? Zeus just stares at me, as though I were insane for even forming the question. He framed my son. But what we really need to know Hermes interjects, is why. Not that he normally needs a reason, I reply, but it looks like Loki is trying to remake himself. How cliché, Apollo chuckles at his own joke. More literally than most, Arissa corrects him. He's taking eyes from people with God's blood in them, and he's consuming them to rebuild his own shattered mind. What makes you so sure? Artemis queries. And how does one so shattered hunt such specific quarry? We talk to Odin, I reply. No one knows more about dark bloody magic and eye gouging than he does. Plus, he's the one who did the shattering, 
So, looks like Loki's running on instinct, Arissa adds. Or at least he was for the first few, just sniffed them out even if he was too broken to understand why. But he's better now, I take the baton. Almost back to his old self. We saw that for ourselves. Hell, if it weren't for Mars here, it might have been the last thing we ever saw. That was a close call, wasn't it? No. No, 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 no. Not again. Not here. But there it is. That voice. Hissing uninvited in my head. Mmm. A real nail-biter. And there I was without popcorn. I scan the room. Not counting Team Olympus, there are seventeen other people in here. Sixteen of them have no idea that gods are real, let alone that they're sharing a room with so many of them. And the last one is Loki. But which one? He's a master of disguise. We're not talking fake noses and passable regional accents. He literally becomes someone else. So convincingly that even Odin can't see through it. He could literally be any one of them, and I'd have no way of telling which. I look to Arissa, but her attention's occupied by a table full of gods demanding details. She doesn't notice the look of panic that just came over me, or the sweat beating on my forehead and running down to sting my eye. Hermes doesn't notice any of that either, but he definitely notices something. The rest are hanging on Arissa's tail and stuffing themselves like locusts, not Hermes. He inclines his head as if listening intently, sniffs at the air, then looks right at me with a raised eyebrow expression that seems to say, So, Loki's in the house. Were you planning on giving me a heads up on that? Okay, his expression doesn't say all that, but Hermes does. His voice sounds off in my head, just like Loki's. Scratch that. Not at all alike. Hermes' voice is friendly, comfortable, a cool drink for my psyche. Whereas Loki... Well, having that one in your noggin feels like violence. I... uh... I stammer out loud. Shh! Hermes continues soundlessly. Use your inside voice. No point panicking the normies. Now that's where you're wrong, Loki intrudes. Panic is entirely the point, or at least a fine way to pass the time. I look from one diner to the next, desperately trying to focus to find Loki, but it's like he's deflecting and I just can't lock on. Shame on you, Hermes, he taunts. So tame, so polite, and you call yourself a trickster. Call me what you like, Hermes scoffs. I see through you. In a nanosecond explosion of multicolored lightning, Hermes is instantly out of his corner booth and across the room. The diner he suddenly has pinned face first to the wall looks for all the world like an elderly woman in a minion's sweatshirt. But then I see it. A tiny flicker, a crack in the facade. Hermes must have really caught Loki off guard. That slick bastard is so used to being one step ahead of everyone else's powers of perception. 
but not this time. Hermes has the sly one dead to fucking rights. My hero. The other patrons don't see what I see, so from their perspective this just looks like some bizarre May-December brawl brewing in their midst, and a few of them seem understandably alarmed by the less-than-ideal optics of the situation. Loki just drinks it in. The confusion and agitation swirling like smoke through the air. His eyes positively light up, and for a second, the room goes quiet, as if he's inhaled all that energy. Then he breathes it out, and I can see rage spread over the room like a crimson wave. One diner after another jolts and lurches to their feet. They move in awkward spasms like poorly operated machines, more than a little like the cops Loki so recently weaponized. Only this time it's not three teeth-gnashing murder marionettes, it's a fucking room full of them. Sixteen, if you remember the math. But something's different this time. Instead of making a beeline for me, or Hermes, or Orissa, or, or anyone, these folks are having thirty-one flavors of freakout. Good thing Loki's still a few peepers short of a full recovery. With so many puppets to manage, this sloppy stab at control must be the best he can do. Some diners writhe on the floor, some hurl themselves into walls, some just scream. Most of them, however, turn on each other. The floor erupts into a roaring melee as folks who mere seconds ago were innocently enjoying their waffles now try their frenzied best to tear each other limb from limb. I figure there are only two ways this can go. The family of gods in the corner could step in. In this scenario, things are likely to end swiftly and badly for the sixteen randos recently turned Loki's playthings. Or, said gods just decide this mess is beneath them and fuck off. This version doesn't look so hot for me and Orissa. Honestly, neither option thrills me. Good thing I'm wrong. Turns out option three is Hermes. Cute trick, he smirks at the god in Granny's clothing he's restraining. Little clumsy. And you really should learn to read the room. Huh? Loki cocks his head. This place of worship, Hermes gestures around the room, is very much mine. For the first time, I really look at the diner's main room. Sure, I clocked the faux grapevines, the murals of Mediterranean scenes, but what I'd missed was the scenes themselves. They were all, every damn one of them, taken from myths about Hermes. This whole place, full of commerce, conversation, hospitality for guests and travelers, bountiful offerings of food and drink, it's all his temple. Hermes dismissively shoves Loki into a corner booth and turns his attention to the syrup-scented brawl currently desecrating his sacred space. This, he raises an open hand, stops now. On the word now, Hermes closes his hand into a tightly balled fist and then opens it again as if scattering ashes on the wind. Almost instantly, the entire throng of Loki-addled diners stops still, and then every one of them goes limp. Better, Hermes opines. And now, 
But even as Hermes turns his attention back to Loki, the Sly One lashes out spitefully with one hand, tearing a hole to the void. Before anyone can stop him, he's launched himself through it and back out gods only know where. Well, that was rude, Zeus booms from across the room. Now who's going to clean all of this up? He gestures to the sprawl of unconscious bodies and demolished dinnerware. These people need help, insists Hermes. Some of them are hurt, and all of them will have far too many questions. So I suggest we tend to both their bodies and their minds. Are you just gonna mind-wipe all these people? Arissa asks. We will cloud this one event. After we've finished healing their injuries, of course, Hermes replies. Or, if you prefer, we could leave them as they are. No, Arissa shakes her head, eyes wide at the whole scene. No, you're, you're right. Do whatever you can for them. And thank you, I add. You know, for caring. Honestly, it'd be easier not to, Hermes smiles thinly. Indifference seems to work just fine for most of your family, I gesture towards the corner booth of gods and goddesses, most of whom have barely registered the commotion. Mine, too. So, why the concern? Not really a choice, Hermes shrugs. We are what we are. I turn my attention back to Zeus and family. The preening patriarch is still feasting with abandon. Athena and Artemis seem more bored than anything else. Ares looks up from impaling a piece of chicken and half snarls at me before quickly losing interest. Apollo, however, seems struck. His bronze-gold eyes study the pile of unconscious patrons left in Loki's wake with a cold, calculating interest that makes me distinctly uneasy. And that feeling of unease follows me even as we vacate the diner, leaving Hermes and family to clean up the mess. So when Arissa gets a call about an hour later from an all-too-solicitous Apollo insisting that we have to let him help us, well, it doesn't take enhanced senses to see through that. Ask him to meet us tomorrow, I suggest. Okay, Arissa squints at me. I know you're not suggesting we trust him, right? Oh, fuck no. He's definitely up to something. So what, are we going to try and wring the truth out of him over coffee? Last time you took a run at my uncle, he didn't exactly crack open. Yeah, I allow. This kind of interrogation is beyond me. Good thing we've got friends. Text him this address. I pass her a piece of paper. What are you planning? She asks. Like I said, we need help. I'm going to call Melina. This has been The Gods We Belong To, Book 2, Chapter 13. The Gods We Belong To is written, performed, 
edited and produced by Dan Goldstein. Theme music is I'll Drive by Daniel Birch. Additional music In Pursuit of Silence, Golden Bunny, Glass Bells Dancing with a Synthesizer, Then It Disappeared, and Roaming the Streets at Night by Daniel Birch. Our spectacular episode art is by the talented and beautiful Jen Goldstein. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and help spread the word. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, post, tweet, bake an elaborate multi-tiered Gods We Belong To themed cake. Five-star ratings are particularly helpful and appreciated. However you do it, thank you. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Gods We Belong To. Episodes and more at thegodswebelongto.net. Chapter 14 will be here in just a few weeks. So, until then, don't do anything Alex wouldn't do.